Here's why I still wish that I had a busted ass old car that I could drive around in every now and again. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute and also Mojo Business Multiplier, where we help businesses grow and multiply their growth. All right, so today I wanted to talk about why there's part of me that wishes that I still was able to drive around in the busted ass old car that both Jess and I used to use before we bought nice cars. Now, it's interesting because growing up, I always loved cars. My dad builds custom cars for a hobby and he's built some amazing cars from Cadillacs to E.H. Holden panel vans with Lamborghini doors that are fully customized and, and he builds crazy stuff. He used to win awards in car shows and things like that with some of the cars that he built. So I grew up around that. I, I loved building things because I felt like they it, cars are a creative expression of the individual who has them. And that's also why I like going to car shows still. And sometimes I'll rock up in my McLaren or my Audi and I rock up there and people come up and I'll start talking to them and I ask them a lot about their cars and they'll say, oh yeah, but you know, it's not as good as yours. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not the point, right? Like the point is that it's a creative expression of who you are as an individual. So I don't care whether someone has a $200 car or whether someone has a $20,000 car or whether someone has a $2 million car. Every one of those things, if the person appreciates the car and respects it, it's essentially part of them. And that's what I love about cars is that I can go to a car show and I love just walking around and having a look at all the different expressions. To me, cars are like art. They're not just something that a person has and drives in order to big note themselves. I don't give a shit about that. That's also why my cars are semi-customized because I don't just, me personally, I don't just buy a car and just drive it around. I like buying a car and adding some flair to it or, or doing something different to it so that it makes it my own. And just like art, it's very, very hard for some people to understand art. I love art because I love art as being a creative expression of the individual. I don't like just art where someone doesn't really have to do anything. They go, oh, this is art. Like, you know, I don't really like when someone just throws a balloon full of water on a bit of paper or on a, on a canvas and then goes, wow, that's art. Because to me, that's not really art. It's got to be an expression of someone. So I like portraits. I like, you know, something that someone has to work for or that they, they piece together because it's an expression of what's going on inside of them. I, I like that. The same as music. I listen to all different types of music because again, it's an expression of the individual. And you can tell music whether someone loves what they do or whether someone's just making music. Making music and loving music are two completely different things. And normally you'll find that the greats who make amazing music do it because they love it versus there are some people out there who they make music, it's poppy and all that sort of stuff. They didn't write it, they didn't produce it, they don't really care about it. They just sing it because they just need to create another track and they get it out there and sometimes it does well. But those people won't be remembered, I don't think, for a lifetime uh, or generations to come. So coming back to cars, I love them as being an expression of the individual. So when I bought my first car, which I bought when I was 14, and now in Australia, we can get our license when we're 16, and then at 16 and a half, we can drive them by ourselves, especially when I grew up. So for me, that was important. For two years, I spent that time in the shed building and customizing my first car which was a Datsun Bluebird a 1983 Datsun Bluebird and I fully customized it I repainted the whole car rebuilt the engine everything so for me I put a lot of work into it and then unfortunately I rolled it within two weeks of having the car and then I had to rebuild a whole nother one and my dad said to me I'm not going to give you the money I'm not even going to help you go out and buy another car you're going to have to learn your lesson which is if you fuck around in your road car and you crash then you have to suffer the consequences of that so I had to go back to catching the bus for about another six months 
why I saved up money and build another car. Anyway, they've always been an expression of who I am as a person. But when I got to about 25 years of age, I first started the Mojo business or 25, 26, I sold my cars and I got rid of them. And I thought I'm never going to buy another car that is a car that I don't love. I just want to drive something around. Now, for me, that was quite hard. It was quite confronting because for me, my identity has always come in my cars that I've had because they're an expression of who I am. And so I just drove around in Jess's car. We'd only been dating a little while or probably a year or so Maybe it was about 26, 27 when I sold the cars, but we'd only been dating for a little while, maybe six months to a year. And she said, why don't you just drive my car? Like drop me off at work or, you know, if you want, we can just use the car however we need to. So I did that and I just drove around in her little car that she bought brand new when she was, I think like it was her first car. So she was like uh, 17 or something like that. Um, And so I just drove this little blue Hyundai Gets around. It was a good car. It was reliable, but it wasn't the type of car that I would normally drive. And at first it was confronting because my identity was attached to the car. And I thought in order to be worth something, I've got to have a nice car. And so what it taught me, number one, was that the car that you drive has no relevance to your self-worth, essentially. What it also taught me was that there you still need to respect the things that you work hard for. So I would still clean it. I would still look after it. Now, as time went on, the car started breaking down and falling apart a little bit. Although the engine never broke down. But what I mean is like the plastic bits would crack and things like that. You know, the leather on the steering wheel would start to fall apart. The stitching would come out of it. But that car, essentially, we drove up into a couple of years ago and it sat in our driveway. Actually, I sold it about a year ago. Uh, In fact, I sold it to one of my friends because it's super reliable and it never broke down as far as driving the car. It just bits and pieces would crack and break because the plastic gets old and, you know, the leather starts falling apart and stuff like that. But yeah, he's got a super reliable car. But what I loved about that car was that it taught me to appreciate things no matter how much something is. And it also taught me to not attach my identity to physical things because they can come and go. And so it was really cool that when I was able to buy the cars that I have now, or the supercars that I have, that my identity isn't attached to those cars. I could I could sell them if I wanted to. I love the cars because they're an expression of who I am as a person and as an individual, but they're not me. I can sell them if I need to. If I needed to raise more money I, for the business, I would just sell them. But also as well, heaps of people come up and they froth over the cars and they go, wow, you know, it's so great. And they get all excited about them. I love that because they get to see my expression of myself, but it's not who I am as a person. When people just know me for my cars, they don't really get to know me as a person. And a lot of time people people come up and they'll talk to me about the cars, but they never actually ask me any questions about myself. And so it's really interesting the differences between having a car that no one even notices because then they talk to you about who you are versus having a car that a lot of people froth over and get excited over, but they really don't care about you. They care about the car. And so I get messages on Facebook with people who want me to take them for drives. And But it's also a great connection tool as well. Like I rock up to some car events and I've met a lot of really awesome people who have the same appreciation of cars that I do. And so I go and have a look at their car. I talk to them about their cars. I talk to them about their life. They find out what I do and we build good relationships. I've also been able to inspire a lot of kids because if there's kids normally around the car and I've got spare time, I'll let the kids sit in the cars. I'll let their parents take photos of them. You know, I have a chat with the parents and so on. So I really do enjoy that. In fact, some of you may be listening to this podcast where I've met you just on the street where you've seen some of my cars and you'll come up and have a chat. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. But I wanted to share that there's part of me that wishes that I still had that beat up old Hyundai when I say beat up, I don't mean as in it falls apart, but I just mean that the, the car was, it's just been, it was in the family for so long that it just, you know, it started looking a bit a bit worse for where, um, you know, the paint starts to fade a little bit and the, the plastic starts to crack, as I mentioned before. Super reliable. But I just wish that sometimes I could just take the car anywhere, park it wherever I wanted. I remember when with my other cars, I've got to be careful where I park them. You know, I can't park them in shopping centers or where someone can open a door and, and bang the door. Also, what most people don't realize is that supercars are so wide. 
they're really wide and they're really long, but they're really low. So what normally happens is if I park the car in a normal car park, I can't actually get in and out of the car because the car parks now are getting smaller and smaller, especially in city uh, places or where they try to get a lot of parking in. They've made the car park smaller over the last two or three years or maybe even five years. And so it's really hard to get in and out of the cars. And like sometimes if I park the car in, I'd have to climb out the window because I just couldn't get in and out of the car, especially in the McLaren because the doors open like big wings. Um, they're extremely hard. And that's why you see a lot of people on social media who double park their supercars or park over two parks or they will park across a line like if it's at the end of a, of a parking lot if you park over the line then you can get in and out of the car and if you've got a passenger they can get in and out but you see a lot of people on social media where they you know say what a dickhead can't drive can't park what a wanker but they don't realize that the car is as wide as a semi-trailer it's as wide as a truck so they just don't realize that and they don't realize how long the cars are as well so like my McLaren is probably about two feet longer than, than my Audi and Jess has a little Range Rover Evoque my McLaren is way longer than that although when you look at the cars separately when they're not near each other. The Range Rover actually looks big because it's sort of like a little SUV. Whereas the McLaren is so low, you don't realize how wide it is and how long it is. But for parking, it's an absolute pig. It's a piece of shit. You know, also you've got to be careful when you park it because you don't want to scratch it in gutters and things like that. All of those things. There's, there's a part of me that sometimes wishes that I could just drive the old Hyundai, park it in the shopping center, not give two shits about it. I could even park it like in the middle of a main road, like right on the medium strip. And you know, People wouldn't even notice. They'd just go look at that dickhead. Whereas now I drive my McLaren everywhere. <laughs> People know that the who the car is or, or who owns the car. So I can't go anywhere without someone posting it on social media or talking about it. So it's just hard to sort of fly under the radar. So there, like I said, there's part of me that just wishes that I could have that old car back where I could go and not be noticed and no one really cared. It's interesting because I guess when I was younger, I wanted that attention. Whereas now that I've, I get that attention in those cars, there's part of me that wish I didn't have, have it as well. And the same as on social media. Sometimes I go places and people know who I am. Not that I'm famous or anything like that, but it's just now I'm a lot more cautious and a lot more careful of the places that I go because sometimes I go places where I know that there's gonna be a lot of people who know me and I just can't sit there and just chill the fuck out because people wanna come over and have a chat and things like that. Um, not that I mind because that's that's what I've got myself into. And also I love connecting with the community, but there's also sometimes a part of me that just wishes that I wasn't there. Now, I know there are a lot of people out there who think about being a Hollywood celebrity or an influencer and all that stuff. It's fucking crazy when you're with them because sometimes when I've been with people that have huge followings on social media, they will go somewhere and 20 people come up and just ask them for a chat, for a photo. Sometimes they get asked for an autograph. It's really, really interesting and they just don't really have space to just be themselves or to just chill the fuck out without not being switched on all the time that they're in the public eye. So it's just a really interesting perspective. Anyway, I thought I would share because I thought someone out there might find this stuff interesting. <laughs> if not, I find it interesting anyway talking about it. So I thought I'd just share. Anyway, Driven Mofos, hope you're having a great day. If you haven't already done so, please jump across to our Facebook group, especially if you're a business owner. It's called the No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. What we do is we post consistent information on there that helps business owners to grow their grow and scale their businesses, but also as well, I help people just to live a performance lifestyle. So I know that I recently only posted a whole bunch of stuff about dopamine and the importance of it with motivation and how it can lead to burnout when you're not managing your dopamine levels with supplementation, with also good quality sleep, reduction of alcohol, things like that. So you can start to feel burnt out, tired, lethargic, lose your motivation. So jump across there, check out that group. It's called No BS Business Hacks on Facebook. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking ass, stay driven. Look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur.